Hello, hola, and konnichiwa. I am your host, Daniel Gumby Vreeland, and this is the Prelim Primer, the one and only podcast fully dedicated to the curtain jerkers. Of course, I'm talking about those fighting on the prelims of upcoming UFC fight cards. This week is UFC Vegas 31, San Hagen versus Dillashaw, an exciting bantamweight tilt that will answer a whole lot of questions in this bantamweight division. It's an exciting one, and there are lots of exciting fights on this card. But of course, as you guys know who frequent this show, we will just be breaking down the prelim portion of that card. Now, for those of you who might be new to the show and you're wondering to yourself, why just the prelim portion? Why are we not breaking down the very exciting fights at the top of this card? The answer is very simple. The answer is, you, we know that you guys know who TJ Dillashaw is or Corey Sanhagen or Aspen Ladd or Macy Chason or, you know, Miranda Maverick. But we know that you guys are probably having a little bit harder of a time with some of these names on the early portion of the card. And that's why we're here to step in, give you guys a hand, whether you're playing daily fantasy sports or you're gambling or, hey, maybe you just want to win a pick'em contest. And speaking of pick'em contests, I'd be remiss if I did not mention that this episode of the Prelim Primer is brought to you by Fanatics MMA, the most comprehensive MMA pick app that exists today. They got fighter bios, records, odds, all right in the palm of your hand while you make your picks. Fanatics MMA has so many cool features that I'll be mentioning a little bit later on in the show. So I highly encourage, while you're listening to this part right now, pause it, go download the Fanatics MMA app, and I'll walk you through little bits and pieces later you're not going to regret it because it's the coolest place to log your picks each and every week. That's Fanatics MMA, wherever it is you download apps. Now, in order to break down the fights with me today, I, of course, need an esteemed co-host. You may know him from his work on All Access MMA, Low Kick MMA. Him, He's the host of Between Rounds Radio. You can catch him on his YouTube channel at Ryan Jarrell Sports. I, of course, am talking about Ryan Jarrell. Ryan, thank you so much for joining me. Hey, it's always a pleasure. Good to talk to you again. All right. And as you guys know, we start each and every round by putting five minutes on the clock. And we're going to start this round by talking about Punahele Soriano versus Brendan Allen. Soriano, 2-0 in the UFC. He knocked out Oscar Pichota and followed that out with a knockout of Dushko Todorovic. Both of those knockouts in the first round. Brendan Allen, meanwhile, 4-1 in the UFC. He's coming off a heel hook victory over Carl Robertson. That was back in April. So here's the question I'm going to start you off on. It seems like this is a fight that Brendan Allen is going to be pretty desperate to get it to the ground. What are the odds you think that he gets the fight there any number of times? I mean, I, I think I think the odds are in his favor. I, I like Brendan Allen regardless of where this fight goes. I'll just get that right out there in the open. I, I Look, I, I've been interviewing him for a while now. I hate always saying that because it sounds like I have a bias, but I'm, I'm looking at this fight objectively, and one of the things that Soriano, uh, Brendan said about Soriano is he's never fought anybody like me. And it, it seems like anybody that goes down to Sanford MMA, which is where Brendan Allen is, and oddly enough, he's training with, Another guy in these prelims, Ian Heiner, someone that he had some bad blood with previously, they just have a, a plethora of killers that, that they're working with on a day-to-day basis. And Brendan Allen, to me, I, I feel like the loss to Sean Strickland kind of reignited his his will and his fire. Uh, and what he did against Carl Robertson was was amazing. I mean, I have the utmost respect for Carl Robertson. I think the guy is, is a really, really great fighter. And uh, Brendan Allen went in there and, and made short work of him. I think if this fight stays standing, one of the things that Brendan's always said to me is that his stand-up is underrated. And I know Soriano is, is you know, known for that. Um, but, you know, 
Brendan Allen is, is extremely strong in the clinch. All it's going to take is is one little uh, trip to, for, for them to go to the ground if Brendan wants it there. Uh, I think this is Brendan Allen's fight to lose, and I, I think he's going to get the job done within uh, two rounds. Yeah, and that, that will be interesting to see here, too. You know, you mentioned that you thought uh, that, that it is he is underrated striking, and I, I totally agree with that. I, I think his striking is better than people realize, but, but I do think that that was his demise in that Sean Strickland fight. And yeah, he's probably improved from there, but sort of the question is, is that Sean Strickland, for me, does not have the knockout power that Punahele Soriano does, right? Like Soriano 100% hits harder than, than Strickland, so... You know, he might not have to touch him as many times in order to get the finish, but, you know, he, he might be able to get that, you know, if he lands that big right hand or that big left hand, even just once if he, if he finds one crack in the, the armor, so to speak. So it sounds like you like Brendan Allen here to win. How do you got him winning this one? I think he's probably going to sub him uh, before the end of the second round. Uh, I don't think that, you know, he's going to get a TKO on the feet. Uh, I just feel like Allen's the more well-rounded fighter. He clearly has, you know, more fights inside of the octagon and more fights as a pro. Uh, I think he's going to get the job done and wear him down a little bit, kind of negate the power uh, of Puna a little bit, uh, get him a little bit tired in the second round and get the finish. All right, and I'm going to differ with you on this one. I do like Puna L.A. Soriano, mostly because of the power factor. I, I think, you know, that, that knockout versus Dushko Todorovic bought a lot of stock, in my my opinion, of, of Puna L.A. Soriano. I, I just think he's looked really good, and I think as long as he can land the big bomb, I, I think he puts a lot of people at middleweight's lights out. So I'm going to go with Soriano on this one. And that brings us to our second fight, which is Nasoruddin Imavov versus Ian Heinish. Imavov, one-on-one in the UFC. He beat Jordan Williams in his debut. He lost a majority decision to Phil Hawes, where one judge had it as a draw back in fe- February. Heinish, meanwhile, has won just one of his last four fights. He knocked out Gerald Mearshart. Of course, after that fight, he did lose a decision to Calvin Gaslam. That also was in February. So I guess my question here is that Heinish has not really faced somebody like Imavov. Imavov likes to snipe from the outside. He's got really good counters. Does Heinish kind of have the footwork and pressure to be able to take him out of that game and bring him into Heinish's game? Or is this going to be a really tough time for him to deal with that? Hey, that's a great question. I mean, I, I do feel like I'm leaning towards Heinish to get the win here. Uh, it's, it's a big win for him. Look, and if you look at who he's lost to, I mean, you mentioned Gastelum. No shame in losing to Kelvin Gastelum. And then he's losing to a Marriott Medoff and Derek Brunson. So, you know, he, he's losing to elite caliber fighters. And Amavov is, is nine and three. Uh, you know, it's, I just I'm not necessarily sold that his uh, overall game is as strong as Heinish's game. And, and I'll go back to what I said about Brendan Allen at Sanford MMA. I'm really big on Sanford MMA. I, I'm, I think what they're doing, especially with uh, the striking with their fighters down there under under Henry Hoof. Uh, I just think that they're uh, a camp that's on the rise, one of the the better ones, you know, in the world. Um, and and I do feel like Heinish is going to be able to dictate uh, the pace of this fight where it goes. Um, and I think that's going to be the deciding factor. I'm not necessarily sure that he gets a finish, but uh, I am leaning towards Heinish here. All right, yeah, and I think, you know, it's going to be really easy for me to tell, I think, who's going to win this fight probably in, like, the first three minutes. Like, I think if Heinish is able to, like, cut off the cage early or even even score a takedown, because I think if he went for a takedown, that, that might bode well for him here, too, because Imavov is notably much better on the feet than he is on the ground. 
I think if we see that out of Heinish early on, uh, I think you know you're gonna feel like, oh, okay, he's got control of this fight. And if he he has to take a little bit of time to figure that out, and it takes him too long to figure that out, I think it could spell trouble. So yeah, I'm like 50-50 on this one. Again, the, the, these prelims are so tight to call, but I think this one is one that you're gonna be like immediately after starting watching it, you're gonna be like, oh, okay, I know how this one's gonna go now. So, you know, you said you're leaning Heinish. Your, your your official pick, decision, decision victory for Ian Heinish? Yeah, I I do think he's going to win via decision. I'm not sure he's going to finish him, but I do feel like he's the more well-rounded polished fighter at this point. I think he's the more well-rounded fighter as well, and I'm still going to take Nasoradini and Vavov here. I think, uh, I think the sniping from the outside and his ability to keep distance, particularly his footwork as he moves around on the sides of the cage, I think it's just going to be enough for him to sort of pick apart Ian Heinish uh, and probably, like you said, win a decision. I, I don't really see a finish in this fight. And that's going to do it for the end of our first round. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with round number two. All right, guys. Well, I mentioned at the top of the show that you should have downloaded the Fanatics MMA app, and hopefully it is loaded on your phone right now. Let me first tell you about my absolute favorite feature of the Fanatics MMA app, and that is the scoring system. I hated playing in pick'em contests that constantly the person who wins just pick favorites all the way through. And hey, on a UFC fight card, typically there's usually eight to nine favorites who hit on a 12 fight card. So that guy tends to win because he maybe didn't pick a single underdog. I want to be rewarded for picking my underdogs and that's what their scoring system does because they use the Vegas odds to create basically a fight IQ score every single time you pick. So make sure you check that out on Fanatics MMA right now. Go ahead and download it if you haven't already, wherever it is you download apps. And we are back with round number two. I'm going to put another five minutes on the clock. And we're going to start this round by talking about Randy Costa versus Adrian Yanez, the people's main event. Randy Costa lost to Brandon Davis in his UFC debut. He's since followed that up with back-to-back knockouts over Boston Salmon and Journey Newsome. Yanez, meanwhile, also on a two-fight winning streak with KOs of Victor Rodriguez and Gustavo Lopez, both of those in the UFC, of course, getting the contract on the Contender Series prior to that. So look, both of these guys have pretty much openly stated that they're going in there swinging and banging. First of all, do you think that's exactly what we see? And if so, how long can we expect that to last? Well, I... Look, I, first of all, I don't know how this fight's not on the main card. I mean, holy smokes. You want to talk about a banger of a fight? This is one that you just cannot miss. But, I mean, I, I feel like – and it, it's crazy because looking at the, the odds, uh, Yanez is a, is a pretty sizable favorite last time I checked. And he's two inches shorter, and he, he's giving up three inches in reach against Costa. I feel like Yanez is the more technical fighter here, and Costa's the bully. He's the guy that's going to come forward and try and land with power and, and overwhelm his opponent. I've been extremely impressed with what I've seen from Adrian Yanez so far in, in the UFC. And, and I feel like at the end of the day, uh, his fight IQ is going to kind of snap him back into reality if they do get into a firefight. Because the only way he's going to win this fight is to stay technical. I, I don't think you're going to be able to out-brawl Randy Costa. So um, that's going to be the key for me. And it's going to be really interesting to see stylistically how this fight plays out. Yeah, and I am, I'm kind of with you on this one. I think if this was a more technical striking match, I'd pick Adrian Yanez all the time. 
it just feels like in the buildup and the talk between the two of them, and you know, I, I interviewed Adrian Yanez and talked to him about the type of fight. It seems like they think they want to go in there with, you know, Randy Costa jokes, hands down, chin up, and just throw like crazy. If that is a brawl, you're right. I think I favor Randy Costa. So I, I guess then we just have to ask ourselves the question, do we think it's going to descend into chaos? And if so, is it worth picking Randy Costa? And if we think it's not going to descend into chaos, I, I think the answer is pretty clear. So who do you got in this one and how do you got him? Man, I'll tell you what, if if I was a, a betting man and I was going to put some money down on this fight, um, I, I definitely wouldn't, you know, you know, bet my uh, my house or anything like that, because I really could see it going either way. And it really will depend on what kind of a fight Yanez wants to, to do. If he wants to get into a, a firefight, he's going to lose. But I, I feel like at the end of the day, he's going to stay technical uh, and, and I think he's going to win a very close decision. So I am leaning Yanez. Man, we are 0 for 3 on matching here because I'm actually going to take Randy Costa. I think I think all of the lead up to this fight is going to turn this fight into a brawl. And, and unfortunately, I see that costing Adrian Yanez. And, you know, you said him snapping back kind of into reality and understanding, you know, he does need to fight the more technical fight. Sometimes with a prospect, that takes a loss. And, and I think kind of that's what he's, he's, you know, heading towards here if he does fight that kind of fight. Mm -hmm. And that brings us to our next fight, which is a real weird one, which is Julio Arce versus Andre Ewell. Ewell, two and one in his last three, a pair of split decision losses, or uh, split decision wins, rather, and then followed that up with a loss to Chris Gutierrez in February. Julio Arce is only one and two in his last three. He last lost to Hakeem Dawado, but that came all the way back in November of 2019, so he has almost been off for two full years. Well, let's start here. Both of these guys, very competent strikers, very good on the feet, and they usually have a good amount of success there. But sometimes they like to shoot. They like to mix it up. They like to get weird. Who who do you see being the first one to try to take this fight to the ground if they do? And do you see them having success there? Mm, I, I'm really intrigued by this fight. I, I feel like the first person to try and take this to the ground might be Ewell. Uh, if, if I was going to be a betting man here, because I look, I, I feel like Arce is is the better fighter here. I mean, look, he's got wins over Dan Ige and Daniel Tamer. I mean, Julian Arosa, I mean, this guy's legit. And he's been off for for what, almost two years now. So, you know, he's made improvements to his game and he's coming back, you know, ready to make a statement and, and make another run here in the division. So I, I, I feel like, again, I, I go back to this as someone's fight to lose. I think this is Julio Arce's fight to lose, and I feel like he's going to be able to, I don't want to say pick Ewell apart on the feet, uh, but I think he has a sizable advantage. I, I think he's much more technical. Uh, I just, I think he's the sharper fighter. I, I'm going Arce all day here. I think it's a slam dunk. Yeah, I actually agree with you on this one. We're going we're gonna to finally agree on one. I also think just in general, his finishing ability tends to be better. Like, um, you know, like with the exception of the Dan Ige fight, he's finished everybody on Contender Series slash the UFC, which includes, like you said, Daniel Tamer. It includes Julian Arosa. And, and he mixes up well. He, You know, like, I, I think you're right. I think most likely Yule is going to be the one to shoot a takedown. But I mostly think that not because he's going to have more success, but because... I think he's going to get picked apart on the feet. I, I think he's going to get hit a lot. You know, Julio Arce, not for anything, he outstruck Dan Ige over two to one, right? Like, it, it was more than double the strikes he landed on him, and he stuffed 12 of Dan Ige's takedowns. So, and, and granted, that was a little while ago, so Dan Ige's made improvements, but 
I think Julio Arce is wildly underrated, and some of that is due to the layoffs. So, yeah, I'm going to take Arce here. How do you have him winning it? I think he's going to get a, a TKO win in the third round. I think uh, I'm going to give uh, Ewell some props for his toughness, um, but I think he, he's going to get finished in the third. So I'm going Arce TKO in the third. I love everything about that prediction. I'm going to tail it right away. I, I think, yeah, he, he's going to wear him down. The, the strikes are going to pile up, and he, he's going to take him out late. And that's going to do it for the end of our second round. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with round number three. All right, guys, let me tell you about one more function of the Fanatics MMA app that you are going to love, and that's the group function. First of all, if you like to make picks with friends and compare them to friends, you got to have an app to do that. And Fanatics MMA has got the best one because not only do they have the cool scoring system that I told you about before, but they got a chat function right in the app. So you want to talk smack to your friends because you're beating them? Boom, it's right there in the palm of your hand without all the outside noise of Twitter or Instagram or wherever it is you make your picks otherwise. So download the Fanatics MMA app, use that, and while you're at it, click the link in the Top Turtle MMA Instagram or Twitter profile, and you will be able to join our personal group right now. That's right, you can join our personal group, put your picks up against me each and every week, and see if you can top me on Fanatics MMA. And we are back with round number three. We got two more fights for you, so we're going to put five minutes on the clock. And we're going to start this round by talking about Sajara Eubanks versus Elise Reed. So Eubanks back-to-back losses against Ketlin Vieta and Panny Keon Zod, so she is 0-2 in her last two. Elise Reed, actually only 4-0 in her whole pro career. This will be her UFC debut. She was the CFFC champ at 115 pounds, where she fought some pretty talented competition. But here's my question here, is that this fight is going to take place at flyweight. It's got Sajara Eubanks coming down, having fought multiple times at Bantamweight. Elise Reed coming up from 115 pounds, fighting at flyweight on semi-short notice. Do you think the size and strength advantage here is just kind of enough to, you know, regardless of the talent level, kind of put this one in the books? You know, it very well could be. I, I will say this. I, I've interviewed Elise Reed a couple of times. I'm a big fan of hers. She's one of those fighters that is so unassuming. Like when you look at her, you don't it doesn't scream, you know, like professional fighter. Right. Just you, but when she's in there. She's just such a game fighter. She's such a dog. Like she'll just, I mean, if you saw her fight with, with Hillary Rose, I mean, Hillary Rose had her in some really bad spots and there's no quit in Elise Reed. And if you want, if you want to go back a couple of fights, if you don't know who Jasmine Jazdavizius is, you will soon. She's fighting yeah. on contender series later this she's year. Awesome. She's awesome. And, and she's going to be, she's going to be a star in the UFC one day. And Elise Reed beat her. Uh, it was a split decision, but I mean, that is a huge feather in her cap so Elise Reed is extremely game if anybody can uh, overcome a a size and a reach disadvantage uh, as far as females go in in this weight class I'm going to say it's Elise Reed but I mean Sajara Eubanks is a veteran she's been around for a while and she's got a massive reach advantage I think it's six or seven inches over Elise so it's going to be really interesting to see you know what happens here I'm not so sure that Elise has the power to put Eubanks out, um, but it, with her game mentality and just how tough she is, um, she might be able to, to win a decision, but I, I think it's an uphill battle here. She's the biggest underdog on this card, 
uh, I'm pulling for her, um, but it's going to be difficult. I think the size, the weight is, is might be a, 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 fa- a negative factor uh, for her. Yeah, I, I think you spelled it out perfectly. I, I do think she's game as hell, and like you said, wins over good fighters. Uh, Jazz do a vicious. Uh, Jillian DeCourcy is is fun to watch, and, and she got a, a really tougher decision there. And, you know, you mentioned the win over Hillary Rose, and Rose put her in some bad positions. But I think at the end of the day, that's kind of the piece for me, right? Is like Hillary Rose put her in some bad positions. And Hillary Rose is very much a strawweight fighter, right? Like she's she's pretty small, similar to what we're about to see out of Elise Reed. She's fighting against a woman who had trouble making flyweight a whole bunch of times. It would not surprise me to see her miss weight yet again. So if, if a very small person is going to put her in bad positions. I, I think Sajara Eubanks is probably going to do the same. And I, I will say, I, I think with the toughness of Elise Reed, I, I'm not going to say she goes out and gets finished by uh, Eubanks, but I'm going to take Eubanks by decision. How about you? What's your official pick on this one? Yeah, I begrudgingly agree with you. I, I want to pick uh, Elise to win here. I'm definitely rooting for her. Uh, but I just I do feel like the size difference is going to be the deciding factor here. But look, she's going to have a bright future in the UFC, especially at her weight class. Uh, and, and that's just not this fight. So uh, she, she will get some wins here moving forward. Yeah, there's been a ton of women who have come into the UFC where we've seen kind of a similar thing and get them into the right weight class, and we're going to see a lot better things. Um, But let's talk about two women who are in their appropriate weight classes, and that's Deanna Belbita versus Hannah Goldie. Belbita owned two in the UFC. She's got losses to Molly McCann and Leanna Jojua, the latter of which was by submission in July of last year. Hannah Goldie lost her MMA or UFC debut rather to Miranda Granger. That was all the way back in August of 2019, so another person with nearly a two-year layoff. Both of them here looking for their first win. Which of these two did you see better things out of in the losses they've had in the UFC that give you confidence in this fight? Man, that's that's really tough. Uh, If I'm going to be totally honest here. I'm not confident in, in either of these girls to, to go in and win. I, I'm not quite sure who's going to win uh, this fight. I feel like it's, if there is a pick em, this might be it. And it's the first card, uh, first fight on the card. So, uh, who knows? We could end up getting the, you know, fight of the night and their, their skill sets are very close or someone could get a flash knockout or, or submission win here. I'm, I'm not quite sure, but I do feel like the, the UFC, uh, likes Hannah Goldie. Um, she's got a great look to her. Um, you know, she's uh, very popular on social media and, and I think that they want to push that aspect. I go back to that a lot because Dana White's no dummy. He's, he's smart. He's a, he's a gazillionaire and, and he knows how to, um, you know, create stars. And, and I feel like with matchmaking, uh, this might be a fight that Goldie can win. So I am leaning towards her to win here, but I'm not predicting a, a submission or, or a knockout here. I do think it's going to be a three round fight i think it's going to be close uh, very well could be a split decision but i, I feel like goldie uh, i'm leaning towards her just because of the uh i guess the attributes maybe that the ufc sees in her as potentially you know being someone that they can get behind and promote yeah and i, I think you're right I, like i think the ufc did match her with belbita because they see this as a winnable matchup for her. and i think a lot of it has to do with her strength right like she is very physically strong which is probably some of the appeal she gets on social media and why dana white likes her she's very very bulky for for a women's straw weight my worry here though for her against belbita is that belbita looked first of all belbita's first two fights took place at, at flyweight against two women who are no by no means slouches in, in molly mccann and, and leanna jojua 
And in both of those fights, she took Leanna Jojua down. She she had Jojua on the ground with some really good clinch body locks and a body lock takedown where she took her down. And she controlled the position against the cage. Now, I'm not sure how she's going to look going down to 115 pounds. I don't know that that's the right move for her. I don't know if that's going to make her incredibly tired. Uh, but I do know that if she is able to control that position against much larger women... I'm not terribly worried about what she will do against Hannah Goldie. Here's the other thing I will say about this this matchup too, which kind of surprised me because again, I know she's coming down in weight class and all that kind of stuff, but Hannah Goldie is giving up some pretty substantial reach in this fight. She, her her reach is listed at 61 inches. Belbitas is 68 and a half, so she will have a seven and a half inch reach advantage. So you know Goldie is going to have to force herself to get on the inside. And, and if the person she's got to get on the inside on has good body locks, man, like, I, I think that actually puts a couple of negatives in her corner. So, yeah, I, I'm going to differ with you on this one, too. I'm going to take Belbita. I think you're right about the decision. I think there's no way either of these two is scoring to finish anytime soon. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to take Belbita here by decision, just kind of controlling the fight. I think it is going to be a pretty grueling one. Yeah, and those I was gonna say those Romanians are strong, so you might be right about Bill Beauty, yeah. uh, but it's that, gonna be interesting, man. That that is for sure. Those Romanian is, is that where Alexander Romanov is from? That that big blubbery heavyweight. Do you know the one I'm talking about, Alexander? <laughs> yeah, Romanov. yeah. I'm pretty sure. I, he's, I, I believe so. I think he's Romanian too. So yeah, she's a little bit smaller than him, but very strong still. Um, and that's gonna do it for the end of our third round. Uh, we gave you guys six fights in just a little bit over 15 minutes, so we hope you guys learned something. Uh, of course, you can follow my host on his YouTube channel at uh, Ryan Jarrell Sports. You can, of course, also find him on Twitter at SonOfJarrell20. Ryan, thank you so much for joining me, man. Hey, always a pleasure. Look forward to the next time. <laughs>